Bueno, este es el podcast de Mateo y Mateo. Ah, me gusta la sobriety. Eh. But back to what you were saying. You seriously, the Joker makes you want to go out and get a gun? Yes, of course it does. That's what the moral of the story was. Go buy a gun because we live in a society. <laughs> I'm drunk. I don't know about you, but I'm going crazy over here. Why? I'm itching. I'm itching. Why? I'm itching for some booze, Matt Butterfield. I'm itching ah. for some booze. Oh fuck! It's been it's been uh, eight days. Eight, eight days. days of raw dog in life. Yeah, oh, baby. You know how God. long it's been since I haven't had a drink in eight days? <laughs> eight days. Like two months ago, I didn't drink for two weeks, but not oh. for any particular reason. Oh. <laughs> what it is, what's really getting me is knowing that I can't. Me too. Yeah. That's what bugs like, me. If I just don't feel like going out, don't feel like having a drink for two weeks, no big deal. As soon as some authority figure steps in and tells me to do something, you can suck it, bro. Which is weird because usually you are all over authority's dick. I'm always having to explain to you that Santa Claus isn't real. The cops don't uh, actually do murder people. That Donald Trump shouldn't have been elected. You know all these things that you. Now, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on two of those. Two of those three. <laughs> I'm with you on two of those three. All right. <laughs> uh, when are you just going to come know, out I, as a Republican? When is I'm it going to happen? Stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> are you trying to get are you trying to get shot in the face? You can't own a gun. You're in New York. I know. <laughs> I don't need a gun. <laughs> I got the cops doing the murder and for me. I'm a white oh. man who lives on Wall Street. <laughs> and your dad used to be chief of police. So there you go. Yeah, along those lines. But he never murdered anybody. Uh-huh. He was actually a good police officer who put people away who murdered people. Oh, good for him. Yeah. He was a homicide detective crime scene investigator. That's so intense. Prison. That's so intense. One time, I mean, famously, I served on a murder trial as a juror once. That shit is (laughs) fucking rough. Yeah, dude. Super serious. So did he have to, like, figure out people's motives and have hunches and things? Um, I have a hunch. He approached it a lot more scientifically, Mm. scientifically, psychologically. Um, It's a lot less. So, you know, you fucking like I love the John Mulaney sketch or not sketch but the John Mulaney stand up pieces. Like imagine what doing imagine what investigating a murder was like before DNA. (laughs) Like detective, detective, we found a pool of the killer's blood. Hmm. Gross. Gross. (laughs) Now back to my hunch. (laughs) All right. Mop it up. <laughs> Mop it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I told my dad that joke, and he was like, holy shit, that's hilarious. <laughs> he was like, that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. <laughs> but I'm with you on two of the three. <laughs> Donald Trump should definitely have never been elected president. Sure. There are bad police officers who do commit murder. And my father will tell you the same thing. Yeah. But you're wrong about Santa Claus. He's real? He's fucking real, man. <laughs> Where does he live? He's Pennsylvania? Real. He He's real. The only reason he doesn't come to your house on Christmas uh-huh. is because you don't believe hard enough. Oh, I see. I see how it is. Okay. See? When so the rapture comes, problem. Jesus is only taking the believers. Oh, okay. Well, so I, you know, I actually have 666 tattooed on my skin. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's great. So I won't be raptured. I was thinking about getting a pentagram tattooed on me somewhere, but I'm not a <laughs> Satanist. I just hate organized religion that much. Well, I just I did it like because I wanted to commemorate San Marcus, Texas. So I got seven, eight, six, six, six tattooed on me. And then it was like, oh, wait, that's the mark of the beast. Oh, well. Uh, well, I mean. The beast does live in San Marcos. He does. The devil <laughs> is in San Marcos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing place. Oh, God, I love it. I miss it a lot sometimes, but then I'm like, we were in college then. It might not be, yeah. as, might not be as good anymore. If I we mean, like. There's no way it is. Right. Because we're not kids anymore. 
Although I do know a lot of people that stuck around. I know a lot of people that just still live off like ranch road. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like have weird little jobs that they're doing fine and making enough to get by, but they're still yeah. hanging around town. I mean, whatever. Do your thing, bro. I mean, that's I'm dope. So, that's dope. It's just not I'm, for me. I, I live in Sunnyvale, Texas, so I can't say anything. But uh, <laughs> but, it, but I can't I just say think, anything because it's considered punching down. So. Yeah, exactly. You can't punch down. Not here. Not now. Not ever, Matt Beery. <laughs> so says Mark Marin. Uh, fuck him. He's <laughs> such. A, I mean, I don't disagree with that philosophy, but fuck Mark Marin. <laughs> Being in such a trash movie, we'll get to that later. Uh, he was okay. essentially cut out of that dude had like a line and a half in that movie. He had a solid five lines. He did not. And what then he had were a, they? They're like, you can't have this out there. You can't put this guy on the show, Murray. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm telling you, it's not going to work. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Even if those weren't the exact lines that were at least that was at least the inner monologue of the character. Yeah, the inner very, very much inner monologue, not outer monologue at all. He's been hyping up his role in this movie for a fucking year, it feels like. And now and then I go and I'm excited to see some Marin and see him do because he's a good actor. He's great in glow. And, oh, fuck um, yeah. and, and it's so I was really psyched to see his kind of big feature debut. And then it's like. Your Sam Morell has more lines in this movie than you, <laughs> and less screen time. <laughs> well, I mean, how many? I mean, you know, you're sitting here hating being a, a basic bitch internet troll. Yeah. What how about? many? How many scenes have you done with Robert De Niro? Hmm. Why don't you go fuck yourself? Because I've done two. No, you have not. I'm. Yeah. When? I'm in The Irishman. Oh right. Okay. Sure. I told you about it. Oh, when? When did you tell me about your scene in The Irishman? I told you about it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm in okay, The Irishman. Cool. All right, I'll see play you there. I play a porter. I play uh, a porter at a restaurant. A porter? You play a porter. Yeah. You. You. Yeah. You yeah. play a porter. It's in the 60s. <laughs> Porters were white. No, they weren't. <laughs> they never have been. Not in America. In these Italian places in Philadelphia, they were. <sighs> Italians aren't white. Anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not in the Irishman. Uh, we're all joking. We're all joking. Italians <laughs> are white people. Okay. Um... <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Relax, Matt. Relax. <laughs> You know, one of my friends went to Italy and was just like, the first mistake I made was thinking that Italy was a first world country. <laughs> Apparently, it's just, it's like. That's it's just, what everybody says that it has been there, that I know. Everybody says that. It's second world. It's second world. It's not third world, but no, it's, it's not second third world. It's, but it's, it's not that precipice right in the middle. Like, holy shit. It looks like a shithole. Rome just looks gross. Everything I've ever seen of it. I feel like going to Rome, you ha it's one of those places that you can't just go like have a middle class Roman experience. No, you have to go like and spend some fucking money and stay right. in nice places. Right. Because otherwise you're just like fighting off children and bed bugs the entire time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> children. <laughs> funny, but the children's funnier. <laughs> well, yeah. I. I'm going to get some Lyra. <laughs> so buy my map, buy my map. <laughs> uh, so uh, welcome to the Mad on Map podcast, everybody. Hey. Nice little oh. nine minute intro. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. That's how we do it nowadays. Nine minute ballyhoos. Sober October. Last night was the first night that I really was regretting my decision. Every other night's been fine, but... I've been told, supposedly, from from people in my life and in former employers, I have a bit of a temper. And, <laughs> man, and last You're night— You're basically it, the meanest person I know. That's not true. It, I'm not mean. I'm just mad. There's a difference. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, last night, I was—I mean, it was just life. Nothing serious. Nothing real. 
no real problems. It was just like one bullshit thing after another. And then it was just like, <laughs> and like, but I couldn't not without feeling like a failure. <laughs> but, yeah. Just don't blow your lid. Just don't blow your lid. I didn't blow hard. my lid last night. Um, we went, we were out to dinner and we were at this, you know, pretty nice restaurant called the Augustine. Yeah. Um, had a great, shared a great cut de bouffe. And all I wanted was a fucking rye Manhattan. Dude, right? And it's just like, oh, guess I can't have one. Especially with that, with that meat, man. Whiskey and meat yeah, is just dude, so good. Little, little muddled rye going right down your gullet. Right Ugh. behind it is some nice seared ribeye. Bloody ribeye. Huh? Mm. So this is going to sound ridiculous, but remember that probably 20 ounces of it was bone. Uh, 40 ounce ribeye. Wow. Cut de bouffe with two two big half bones of bone marrow. Ooh, baby. Dude. Bone marrow is so good. It was heaven. I think I sent you the video of it, or maybe I didn't. No. But... Andrea definitely took a video of it. It was amazing. It was That's out of awesome. the world. I'm thinking Where were you, Harry's? No, uh, the Augustine at the Beekman Hotel on Beekman Street, coincidentally, in financial. Where's? <laughs> okay. Uh oh. Uh oh. Everybody. Sorry, the butterfield has an attack. Well, he hasn't smoked in a few days, so everything's starting to work its way out of his system. Everything's coming up mucus. <laughs> Everything's coming up mucus for Matt and for Matt. Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So here we go. After extensive contract negotiations. Yep. I am proud to introduce a brand new lineup for... The Butterfield A. Ladies and gentlemen, the Butterfield Eight, introducing the new lineup. Here we go. Bongos. And also jerking off in the corner, Fred Armisen. Oh, hey, guys. It's really good to be here. I'm glad you'd have me. I had to fly all the way in here from Portland, but I'm glad I'm here. It's really great. (laughs) (laughs) And on the Rams horn, we have Mel Brooks in for Yom Kippur. It's good to be the king. (laughs) And on flute, we have Lizzo. Cause I love flute. <laughs> and then we have the strokes. Hey, 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 what, hey, what, hey, what? It's in the contract strokes. You cannot do heroin while we record. Oh, man, I really love heroin, though. Ugh, well, stop doing it in the house. Yeah, On, man, that's in- not cool. Yeah, Donna really like doesn't it. like the smell of drugs in her house, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing up the next group, the next part of the Butterfield 8, on inaudible background whispers, we have Billy Eilish. I'm the bad boy. Here you go. It's me, Billy Eilish. I love dads, and I love fat men. All right, you're too young to be here alone with me. Billy, I'm going to need you to speak up moving forward. And also, with that jet black hair, you look like you're the kind of person who smells. You, you fucking stink, you little fat bitch. I just got out of the shower, I'll have you know, Billy. Get out of my sight. Get out of my sight. I'm going to put you in my next music video, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> well, man, maybe we'll get some listeners on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and rounding it out, last 
but never least, the Secretary of Brotherhood, the King of Friendship, none other than little Stevie Van Zandt. Yabagoo, baby. Yabagoo. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, That's a eight. I love it. It's good to have these guys back, man. It's good to it have is, them back. It is. It is. It is. It was nice. You know, it was a little contentious for a couple weeks there, but we got it all pulled together. We did. We 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 jumped through some hoops. Would again like to thank our fake legal counsel, Tom Hilbin, uh, uh, Esquire. For these, uh, Esquire, for negotiating these uh, projects. Oh, that reminds me. I went to a law school convention this weekend. Oh, I forgot you went to my home tizzy. Yeah, I went to Houston. I don't know if I'm going to be a lawyer. (laughs) It turned out. Explain explain how you came to this conclusion. (laughs) uh, I I went to a workshop called Financing a Law Degree, and the guy was just like, do you have a quarter million dollars saved? No. To put aside for a law degree? Nobody does. And I was just like, uh, what? And then the lowest anybody would go about the overall costs, including, you know, cost of living, moving, blah, 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 all that stuff. It was it was like the the lowest anyone would say it would it would cost was like one hundred thousand dollars. And it's just like, you know what? I think I'm going to keep plugging away in the insurance industry while I still have a gig there. But uh, you didn't ask Donna if she'd float you a hundred thousand dollar interest. She fee. will not. <laughs> really? Not even to go to law school? No way, dude. That's surprising. She, did you ask her? Yeah, yeah. She was. Well, she did. I didn't have to. She's told me this. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> She's sick of me. <laughs> what if it's a loan and no. interest free? Fuck that! I don't want to owe her a hundred thousand dollars. She does my Harry Potter wand in my yeah, hand. Yeah, why are you waving that at me? Because I'm going to cast a spell on Donna, and I'm going to say, Wingardium give Matalonska. Nope, 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 nope. It's going to work. She's giving you a loan. I did it's this not even. That's not even the right spell. You should do the, imper- the, uh, uh, the Imperial Curse, or I think that's what it's called. The one Imperium. where you get people to do things. Oh, yeah. Give Matt the money. Ah. Can you um, can you hear me chewing these grapes? I just thought of that. Um, try it again. No, I can't. Okay, as good. long as you eat like a civilized human with your mouth closed, you're fine. But the second you start chewing with your mouth open like a complete slob, I'll cut your face off. Dude, I can't stand. You know what? We'll save it for don't at me, bro. Oh. Uh, Hey. Oh, don't at me, bro. We're going to share a don't at me, bro. <laughs> this is going to be the first time we've ever done that. I know, we've never I shared wait. a don't at me. I cannot wait. Here's don't the you love how things just come up organically? Yes, me. T- I love it. That's the spirit <laughs> of showbiz, baby. Baby. Um, so I will have to say this. This pains me to admit it. But after years of having to listen to people from Houston talk about how awesome Houston is and how much better Houston is than Dallas. Downtown Houston's way better than downtown Dallas. <laughs> oh yeah, bro. Like like well, like did you, five, you were just full of shit. Like yes, of course I did. Everyone have you met anybody from Houston? <laughs> uh, uh yeah, a lot of them. As I happen to be. <laughs> so of course, of course I thought you guys were full of shit. But I have to say, man, you guys have a fucking awesome downtown scene. I love yeah. that Minimate Park is down there. And mm-hmm. like in the and since the Astros were playing, there was all this shit going on. There was all these people down there. I mean, I had the one convention I was going to, but then right after that, I met up with my buddy Robin Neneg, um, or I guess that's her maiden name. Robin Neneg Grojin is her name now. And uh she she and I went to Korea Fest. Which was Houston just like is the most multicultural city in the country per capita. Yeah, I believe it. And uh, and it was just a free festival of Korean food and attractions. I got to see the Metropolitan uh, Korean dance team or dance like, house. Like, and That's they awesome. it was fucking awesome. And then they also <laughs> and the team that followed them up was called Jackie Cycle. And they were a spin class dance troupe that wore like <laughs> <laughs> that wore like That's so mom. 
that 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 wore like rhinestone tank tops and did dance routines while doing spin cycle. It was oh my god! And they were getting so sweaty and worked up, they'd like slip off the bikes while they were doing handstands on them and shit. It was fucking incredible. It but was, was it like, outside? Yes, it was. It was outside, and it was still ninety-five super degrees. Hot. <laughs> Luckily, today's the first day of fall in Texas. So What's far, the temperature. Uh, or actually yesterday was, uh, yeah, uh, it, in the mornings it's like 60 and in the afternoons it's like 80, 75. Damn. So it's nice. But, um, uh, but now it's 65 in New York city, but like leading up to yesterday, it has just been 95 to 110 degrees every day since like the end of April. It's been fucking miserable. Oh. Like, God, it just it just kills your motivation to ever leave the house. That's a big reason why I just I don't. That's a huge thing I don't miss about Texas. Yes, it's just, just like the oh. oppressive, murderous heat. And in Houston, you guys have it even worse than we yeah, do in Dallas. Humidity, dog. The humidity is just ridiculous. I Whenever I drove into Houston, it was just like there was just water in the air. Yep. No yeah, clouds in the sky. Wet. No clouds in the sky. Sun's bearing down on you, but you're getting rained on or driving into just like sheets of water. It's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, but Why there's do you no live clouds. there? Well, there's a lot of opportunity there if you're yeah. a working professional. There's a lot of oil. <laughs> oil. Oil is the old standard, but there's also a lot of lot more shit going on there now. There's a lot of law I learned. Law, oil and gas, energy. Um, there's a lot of tech starting to move into town because Houston's got very affordable pricing. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just a good town. Just a good town. A lot of international business, a lot of insurance and shit like that. That's uh, everywhere. Insurance yeah. is everywhere. Yes. Bro, that's what I'm learning. God, it's just like crazy how everybody needs insurance for everything. Everything. And so you know the, great, you, the great things just, about, sorry, go what, ahead. Well, if you just no, get into the insurance industry, you can like be making a living within a few years, like easily, if even that long, just because your friends need fucking insurance. Yeah. Like that's it. Half of Absolutely. our clients at the place that I work at are people that I grew up around. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, now you I have mean, insight into their their specifics. I mean, not too much, really, but. <laughs> You're inputting their data. Yeah, I'm putting their data in. I know Law where has high cholesterol. Well, I don't know that, but. I know, uh, fucking with you. <laughs> but, uh, plus there's like HIPAA guidelines. I should probably stop talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the so that, that. Attract that like a convention was kind of interesting. The hotel I stayed at was a shit bag of a place. There was literally an alarm going off from the time I went to bed to the time I went up outside of the place. Just (laughs) (laughs) and I thought about calling downstairs, but it just seemed like everybody was used to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'll get used to it. Don't worry, (laughs) that's not ours, it is not ours. (laughs) <laughs> when you told me the name of the place I was just like that sounds like a shithole Athens Hotel and Suites I, yeah. whenever I walked out whenever I checked out I walked out and then I bumped I didn't bump into her but this woman was walking by right as I walked out she looked at me and she goes what kind of building is that like she literally couldn't even recognize it as a hotel oh my god <laughs> It sounds like the type of place you pick up prostitutes down on uh, down on Richmond and go oh. take them to the Athens Hotel and Suites. Is that where the whores are? That's where some of the whores are. That's where the higher-end whores are. Okay. The lower-end whores are down in parts know. of town where you don't want to go, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and in Dallas, in Dallas, that's uh, the Harry Hines. Ah, there you go. I've actually, actually have heard... Negative things about that. So, yeah. I'm <laughs> well, Harry, I mean, Harry Hines is actually, I kind of think it's a cool little street, honestly. But it is. Oh, yeah. And I don't even see any hookers out there. 
don't know. <laughs> no, it's because they blend in. Yeah, that's true. I also lived in Bushwick for six for five years before I realized there were literally street walking prostitutes all over my neighborhood. Oh yeah, dude, and they all have an Uber driver diseases. Yeah, an Uber driver pointed it out to me one night when I was coming home from bartending. He was just like, "Damn, dude, you got a lot of hookers down here." And I was like, "What?" "What?" And he was just like. Look around. That's a hooker. She's a hooker. That's a hooker. Look, they're talking to their pimp in that minivan over there. It was like literally every block. And like once you got uh, going down Broadway after like Lorimer Street up until Halsey, where I was just hookers everywhere, all in wigs and like glitter, glitter skirts and like the whole fucking thing that you would imagine like, a prostitute to look like or a sex worker. Like the HBO show. Yeah, literally. It was the point. It's fucking crazy. So um, maybe I just don't know what hookers look like in Texas. Um, what's I gotta up? Hide a little bit more. <laughs> Did you do anything cool this week? Or this, uh, week? this week? Uh, I think I did something. on. Oh, actually, yeah, I did something really super badass on Saturday. I do? went to West Point. I went to the United States Military Academy at West Point. Oh, I see you. Yes. I watched Army versus Tulane football wow. game, baby. That's cool, man. How was that? You it was were awesome. right down on the field. I was on the field. I had uh, all access passes through my buddy Steven. His uh, friend is uh, associate athletic director of Army Athletics. Mm-hmm. We walked up. We had, first of all, we had parking passes in a parking lot that require a $20,000 annual donation to have parking passes for. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, we got it because we were hooked up. We got hooked up. We go to the football game and we meet him in the tunnel right outside the locker room. And he just gives us our credentials and walks us down onto the field. Uh And I'm standing there and like the green beret. That's the garrison commander of West Point walks by and like shakes my hand is like, thanks for being here, brother. And then like, I'm clapping for a big play and I turn and the four star general who's the superintendent of West Point <laughs> is like right next to me. And like, I just get like really intimidated and I'm like, oh, sh- yes, sir. Whatever you say, sir. <laughs> 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 and then this dude, this other dude walks by in his full dress uniform with more medals on his chest than I even knew existed. And I was just like, I looked at Steven and I said, yes, sir. Whatever you say, sir. And Steven goes, that man can kill with a look. (laughs) And then the best part though, was I got to meet the winner of the 1958 Heisman trophy. Oh fuck. Who's that? Pete Dawkins. Awesome. Pete Dawkins. Pete Dawkins. Multimillionaire. Of course he is. He deserves it. (laughs) Yes. He served in the he served in the army, served in Vietnam. How old is that guy? He's 82. Jesus, my parents He's, were 3 years old in 1958. He retired from the army after like a 20 something year career and then went into finance and became this big money Wall Street guy. Well, that's what they do. Yeah, and so now he's filthy fucking rich and he hangs out on the sidelines in a suit and tie, double-breasted suit. But yeah, man, that was a really, really cool fucking experience. Army lost, but they fought extremely hard because they were playing a damn good Tulane team. Yeah. But uh, they really pushed to make a comeback there at the end. But it was a damn good game. A lot of fun. Fucking. Oh, so there's the stadium and right next to the stadium is a lake, a reservoir. And on the other side of the reservoir, they shoot off these giant howitzer cannons. And it felt like my Bones were shaking. The ground was rumbling. Helicopter flyovers, um, paratroopers parach- parachuting in and landing on the 50-yard line. Like, How cool is that? Dude, it was wow. so badass. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, like, I like. I was like a kid. I felt like an eight-year-old. I was just like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Tax dollars, hard at work. <laughs> well, man, it was fucking awesome. It was really fucking cool. That's rad, um, dude. Yeah, you know who else made a somewhat of uh, who else made a push at the end this week was the Dallas Cowboys. Good fucking god, what's going on with that team? 
three of the worst quarters of football I've ever seen, and also three of the worst quarters of officiating I've ever seen. Really? Oh, my guess. I didn't. Yes. Okay. Yes. Seven consecutive first down plays for the Dallas Cowboys were called back on ticky tack bullshit penalties. Then they called every time a fucking Cowboys cornerback farted, they called him for pass interference. And then on two key plays for the Cowboys, they don't call pass interference. One dude literally pushed uh, Randall Cobb's head down and jumped and intercepted the ball. Oh, and they didn't call pass interference on it. Then they tried to call Amari Cooper out. So Jason Garrett throws the challenge flag. So they yeah. throw a flag on Jason Garrett. Yeah, I saw that flag. It was just like, okay, you couldn't be more transparent if you fucking tried. We didn't play good, but we also didn't get any fucking help either. The Packers oh got a shitload of help. Yeah, but and I'm Packers- not normally one of those guys. Yeah. I, when people start throwing out that referee bullshit, I'm normally the guy that's like, come on. You're yeah, being yeah. ridiculous. You're making excuses for a bad team. Right. But this shit was ridiculous, dog. Yeah. It, it was, was out of this world. That stupid. game was just absurd. It was just like, yeah, I couldn't believe what I was watching while I was watching it. And the other thing that was getting to me was just like you saw him on the sidelines and none of them were talking to each other. They were all just like looking straight ahead, kind of shaking their heads. It's like, what's going on? Like something's going on internally with the team. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but that's... Like, that what sh- the fuck, man? That was I was, like, crazy. embarrassed. It was 31-3. Yeah. I was embarrassed. 31-3. to three. I mean, thank God we brought it back and only lost by 10, but, like, God. Yeah. I mean, they fought. They fought. I give them their credit. They fought really hard in that fourth quarter. The fucking O-line like, spent half the, team, half the game on their fucking stomachs. Yeah, dude. This is supposed to be the best O line in the nation, and these guys are have their ankles near their ears, getting fucked like it's Christmas morning. Like, what are you? To be to be fair, our starting tackles were both out. I don't care. Yeah, but no, you're right though. The interior of the line was getting blitzed like it was nobody's business, and that's supposed to be the best center and the best right guard in football. Like, come on! Just ridiculous. And then our defensive line was like. Uh, spaghetti strainer. Yeah. Yeah. Letting everything through that dude, that no name slap dick had four touchdown runs. Yeah. You yeah. Never heard of that? I never that guy? Even heard of that guy. I've never even heard of him. And he got four uh, touchdowns. He'll be out of the league and broken four years. Good. No, I'm kidding, but no. <laughs> fuck you and your dream. And speaking of the sidelines, you know what people should really spend their energy getting mad about? What's Ellen that? DeGeneres hanging out with another member of the Illuminati. I agree. Oh, my God. Let's start a fucking Twitter explosion. Matt, because Matt. Ellen DeGeneres sat next to George W. Bush. Matt, can you believe that a rich person is friends with another rich person? I never thought I'd see the day. Can I can't you believe, believe it? That- I can't believe that multi-hundred millionaire and that multi-hundred millionaire have anything in common. Real, real, right? I can't believe it. I can't believe that they would go to a football game and happen to sit next to each other. Oh my God. Huh? What craziness. What a horrible person she is for sitting next to that man. Oh my God. You telling me that some old religious man from the South didn't like gay marriage 15 years ago? Well, <laughs> who'd have thunk it? I mean, there is a little bit of something to be said where it's like, Ellen, come on. But it's also like, why are you really going to spend this much energy talking about it? Like, why is everyone getting so huffed up? Like, because, like all, because it because it makes them look good to be mad about it. Yeah, it's called Joe Rogan calls it virtue signaling. It, well, that's not his term, but yeah. No, but I only hear it from him. So <laughs> <laughs> it's virtue signaling, though. They're all just like, oh, well, we have to be united against anything right wing. Yeah. Even though George W. Bush in recent years has changed his tune on that because he's a human being and can grow and change. George uh, W. Bush is still pretty right wing, but he's old school right yeah, wing. He's he's compassionate conservative. I was never a fan of his and I'm still not. Yeah. But he has changed his tune on stuff like gay marriage and things in recent years. Yeah. He still did commit a lot of war crimes. And, I'm and, not I'm not giving well, the man a pass. That's kind of <laughs> just 
that's kind of like an uh, uh, occupational hazard at this point with the United States presidency. It's just kind of like, yeah, can it be, Obama, can it be avoided? Obama did some war crimes too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Obama landed in a, in a sovereign nation. That's our ally and shot one of its residents in the face. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, and, you know, like, ugh. <laughs> like granted that resident was an asshole and deserved it because I'm an American. And that's what I think. But if I <laughs> but if I were a Pakistani man, I'd probably be like, what the fuck are these guys doing here? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Good uh, Lord. It's just I just feel like people's energy is so misplaced. It's And it's all that, because of this fucking shit show in Washington right now. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. once this goes away, I'm really hoping that this. Virtue signally this this crazy environment that everybody has cooked up kind of starts to subside a little bit. I mean, it's just I don't know. It wears me out. It exhausts me. Yeah, dude. It's like every two seconds. It's like, oh, this, you know, look at this white guy. Look at this white guy didn't use the right term. He's obviously a Nazi. (laughs) He's obviously a homophobe. He's obviously like, like blah blah blah. It's like, all right, whatever, guys. <laughs> Dude, I got a nasty look from a guy at the restaurant the other day. Dude, yeah, I'm sure you did. I get that. Sh- I would get that shit all the time. Yeah, when I was, when I was in New York, and it was kind of like, have, what the fuck? Sorry, like, well, I, when I was in New York, it was just kind of be like, what the fuck? Like, literally, you in New York City were my only straight friend, other yeah. than other than Kyle. Yeah. And so and so like that's two Who straight friends. Yeah. <laughs> that's homophobic, Matt. Uh, no. <laughs> he said it himself. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but he but like and so I don't know. It's like what, what am I not allowed to joke with my friends about anything? I don't know. I right. would get sh- I, I would get I would get shit for making jokes or, or about. I guess gay stuff. I don't know. I wouldn't even think call it that, but it was just kind of like, guys, we're all hanging out. We're buddies. We're friends. I'm not, I'm not a threat. I'm your friend. It would just be funny. If you and I fucked, it would just be funny. You're hilarious. (laughs) If you and your old roommate had sex, that would be Abbott and Costello having sex. And it would look hilarious. hilarious. It would look hysterical. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) but what happened with me at the restaurant the other night? Uh, You know, you know, as well as I do, we have unisex restrooms. Right. It like we have like I guess it used to not be unisex and they have like a famous Texan woman on one and a famous Texan man on the other. This one particularly, we have Beyonce on one and McConaughey on the other and a sign in the middle that says we just like to put famous Texans on our restroom doors. But these bathrooms are for any gender. And a guy. They're also single use bathrooms. Yeah. So it's not like you're in there with anybody. Right. A man who was of he was homosexual. Mm-hmm. was standing there waiting on what he thought was the men's one, the one with McConaughey on it. And I let him know, hey, you know, you can use either one. And he looks at Beyonce and he looks at me and he goes, very seriously, he says, I don't know if I identify as her. And I said, <laughs> and I thought it was a joke. And I just gave, yeah, I thought he was joking. <laughs> I, I, gave him a, I gave him a polite chuckle and just said, hey, you know, whatever you want. <laughs> I, I, I literally went whatever you want whatever works for you i said whatever you want whatever works for you you can use either one and he gave me like a very disgusted look and then went yeah. into the bathroom and then i heard him telling his friends about it at the table later and he was like he just looked at me and said whatever works for you and he's <sighs> like and they were just like oh my god that's so awful how dare you say whatever works for you? How That's dare like, I say do what you want? Yeah. <laughs> That's like the time how I got dare yelled I at. Have an, how dare I not have an opinion on how you live your life? That's like how I that's like the time I got yelled at by somebody for being disappointed in Louis C.K. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, I was with you. And I was, it was just like, do you did you not read what I wrote? <laughs> like <laughs> 
Like, did you not hear? Like, can you not read? I'm not happy with this. I think it sucks that he did that because he's my he's like a hero of mine. And that and, that, and then to hear that he's misbehaving liking men. Yeah, that was what they said was that I shouldn't look up to men at all. That it's like, OK, yeah, because women aren't also sometimes awful. Sure. Whatever you think, lady, go for it. <laughs> I'm glad her career died. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so careers dying. Speaking of careers, I don't dying. think it's actually it's not a career death. I'm just <laughs> to fucking poke fun at you. Oh. We both saw the Joker. Hey, and one of us has a much stronger opinion than the other. That's because that movie is fucking toxic and horrible. And I hate it so much. It's it's an incel circle jerk. It's nothing. It encourages. It literally encourages mass shootings. That's what it does. If you think that people are being too mean to you, you should shoot them in public. That's the moral of that story. And then, I mean, he gets yanked out of the car. I mean, spoiler, I guess he gets congratulated for doing all this horrible shit and like and 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 for harassing this family and and then i mean again spoiler alert bruce wayne's parents get get shot what a surprise and like even that was like like they go you got what you deserve wayne i don't know man i just think it sucks i thought it was a poorly told story there was no real problem to solve there was no real it was kind of like is all of this a hallucination or is it not a hallucination or is it real? I just think it was ultimately a really poorly handled and very, very like dangerous sort of mindset behind it. Um, and I understand that kind of makes me sound like a boomer blaming video games, but at the same time, 200% makes you sound like a boomer blaming video games. Come on, man. Like, like, I, I was in the movie theater and there's just like Matt, one. When dude. are you just gonna come out as a Republican? <laughs> uh, fuck that movie and fuck that and fuck Todd Phillips. See, I fuck, think like, you just went. I think you just went in wanting to hate it. No, because I went in on the fence and no. came out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, no. I I think you're doing your classic Matt Butterfield thing. No. Where you hate something irrationally. No, it's not irrational. Because I do not think that it was that strong of a, you guys go out there right fucking now and kill everybody. Because that's, that's what, what he tells him to do. That's no, what he, he doesn't. Do. It's a guy who didn't intend to do anything and a guy who, okay, so number one, I don't have, if this, so there were structure problems where that yes. they could have fixed. They could have made the world around him more likable in order to make him a bad person. They all and if they wanted to make him a leader, he needed to be more charismatic. He was, it was so very uncharismatic. He was he was not a charismatic person, which is why he kind of lucked into starting a movement. He didn't mean to start a movement. He literally killed those guys out of self-defense. Spoiler alert. Right. Killed those guys out of self-defense and it became a movement. So then he buys into it and he goes with it and they prop him up as a leader of this movement. Where they were. My biggest problem with the film was that obviously we're building a villain. We're building the arch nemesis of the great Batman. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't make the world. Or that surrounded him. Likeable at all. Yes, because I hated everybody that he killed. Yeah, I mean, somewhat. Yeah, as watching the hate, movie, I didn't hate the Waynes. I felt like that was super un, like I don't know. I, I just felt bad for them. They were the only people that I felt bad for because they like they had this lunatic woman as their as their uh, former like housekeeper or whatever who mm-hmm. claimed to have. But then did she? But I don't know. That's the other thing. It's like. So you see, I mean, because we're doing spoilers. So you, uh, you, you see at the end, it's like he, there's an adoption paper. There's all this stuff, and he believes that he's Thomas Wayne's bastard, 
and uh, but then he finds out he's adopted. But then he also finds a, a love note that Thomas Wayne wrote his mom. And it's like, so what's the story? Which one is it? And also, like, the whole point of the Joker. I don't think it matters which one it is because it all leads to Thomas Wayne's death anyway. The other thing that really, well, the other two things beyond the message of the movie and the violence that I don't like, beyond any of that, number one, the Joker doesn't inspire people, he scares them. He and and in this movie, the whole city like gets up and pats him on the back and like and it's like not the whole city, a a group of rioters, a huge like everywhere. It's on the subway. It's outside the movie studio. They're outside the movie theater, the 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 proletariat, the the working masses that uh, are all for this dude. They all they're all about him when in reality, the Joker does shit like poison the water supply like the Joker is scary. He's not a hero. He's like nobody is on his team. Everyone you know is scared of him. Is, you know who is scary, not charismatic and should and everybody should be scared of Batman, the president. Oh, OK. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Uncharism- but like- uncharismatic, stupid, stupid people do get followings. I'm not, but that's what, but that's part of my beef with the film is, and I don't have, see, I went into it thinking, I went into it thinking Matt hated it so much, which means I'm probably going to love it because <laughs> typically Matt hates good things. That's not, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um, I came out of it. Like, I don't think it was I don't think it's this god awful steaming pile of garbage that you say it is. I also don't think it's this masterpiece that other people say it is. I thought it was good. The other thing that bugs me about the character is how fucking whiny he is. The Joker doesn't whine. The Joker just does crazy shit. He also in the whole movie he's just like so eh, you don't want to eh, <laughs> You didn't want to live in a society. Okay, but the whole point of making the movie was to transform him, to develop a character. But I want to see to develop more of the psychotic killer. I wanted okay. to see more of that of the psych of the psychotic thing. I wanted to see. I mean, if that's what they're going for, I wanted to see like someone that was really like really truly sociopathic and the only time we get to see that is whenever he goes on the television show and that's like the last five minutes of the movie the rest of it's all implied very badly and there's a lot of moments in it where you could see him as a sociopath studying what was going on around him and buying into what was like when he's sitting in the comedy club and the camera's zooming in on him everybody else starts to laugh so he looks around and he starts to laugh and then he studies, he's studying film on how to walk out and look like a normal person. Like that's sociopath behavior. That's absolute yeah. sociopath behavior. I think it's, I don't know about sociopath, but no, but, it is. It is. No, it's not. I watched sociopath a lot know how to so, operate. about socio, sociopathy in the last six months, not because of this, but because of another thing that I watched on YouTube and they don't know how they know how to operate because they study other people around them. So they mimic, is, they mimic other people. Eh, that's a, that's a brand of sociopathy, but that's not, well, that's just, his brand of sociopathy then. I guess, um, you're, you're trying to put all things into one pot instead of it I being, one. Did, I just did not like the character. I, I, but the other thing that gets me about it is that I did like Joaquin Phoenix's performance. I thought he was fantastic, which is confusing. To hate a movie this much, but like he was really good. See, I also don't understand why you hate it so much because it didn't conjure those strong feelings in me. It didn't conjure strong positive. It didn't conjure strong negative. To me, it was just a movie. It was a movie with a with a great performance. But but with a terrible direction and a terrible plot, there's no problem to solve. It's just like, ooh, wooby dooby, I'm sad. 
It was like, about the whole time. Yeah, it was about the character's but, mental illness and his evolution into becoming Joker. Yeah, but mentally ill people aren't necessarily going to become violent. Like, like. Well, I know sir, that, but but this one is because this one's the Joker. Uh, this uh, is a movie about the Joker. I, I don't know. I just I didn't buy it. I didn't buy that. He was like the Joker, the Joker. I, 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 to me, he just, just kind of looked like a juggalo or like just like, I don't know. I just didn't love it. I didn't anyway. Love it. I didn't love it either. I just think that I just think a lot of your outrage is a touch unfounded. I think no, you're, a not. lot of your outrage is, is not grounded in reality. That's not true. How do you I just. I decided every single problem I had with the reality of the film. It's just you a matter of every opinion. single problem you had with the film before you saw the film. That's not true, Matt. You Half can't of say that about me. You said it in the last episode. I was fucking excited once I finally sat down. Because here's the deal. I went to go see it at Alamo Draft House, right? Alamo Draft House is the shit. I fucking love that place. And their pre-show. Uh, uh, their pre-show for this movie got me fucking pumped for it because they they were showing the previews to the King of comedy, to the taxi driver, to, uh, then they give us, give you a rundown on the history of the Joker and, and all the different people that have portrayed him in cinema. And by the end of their pre-show, I was like, you know what? This is going to be fucking dope. Like, I, like it's going to be taxi driver, but with the Joker. And that's exactly what it is. But I didn't like it. <laughs> That's like, fine. Didn't like, like it is a, I, I, I'm willing to accept didn't like it more than it's an irresponsible worst movie of all time. I see. I it just don't. I just don't see it that way. I see. It is irresponsible. It I think the Second Amendment shooting. is irresponsible, not uh, a movie. Yeah, I mean, you can get into that, but we're talking about the movie. I know, but I also think it like we were talking about earlier about Ellen being mad at Ellen is wasted energy. I think being mad at movies and entertainment for violence is wasted energy. Whatever. Like I, I walked out of the I like I said, I don't love it. I don't think it's a masterpiece. I, I have a lot of problems with the film. What but are I they? don't think it's as bad as you said. Uh, what are your a problems? lot of the structure, a lot of the way the story was told. The first act sucks. Yes. It gets better when it starts to ramp up. Yes. And I thought that there were some really good scenes in it. Um, I thought that the I honestly thought I thought the scene where he uh, kills Robert De Niro was fucking awesome yeah, as a performance, good. as a performance. I, I laughed. Thought, I laughed during that scene. Weirdly. Me too. I laugh. So he shoots him in. The, obviously, everybody knows you're doing spoilers. Yeah. He shoots him in the head. Yeah. Everybody's going crazy. He shoots him a couple more times and then he does his little dance. And I laughed. Yeah. I was the only person in the theater that laughed. And I was like, I shouldn't laugh. But that was funny. <laughs> I laughed when he walked out and kissed that old lady on the lips. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> he gave her a long one. And the look on her face after yeah. hysterical. <laughs> so, but basically, yeah, that's, I thought it had some structural storytelling issues as far as order. And also my wife thought the same thing. She thought the order of the first act was really weird and disjointed. And, but then again, Todd Phillips said he did all that to make you uncomfortable um, bullshit. That's just laziness. Some things just don't read is all I'm saying. A lot of artistic choices just end up not reading. Cause we always say that in theater in rehearsal. We'd say, does that, this is what I'm going for. Is that reading to you in the audience? You know? Yeah. I'm a, you didn't, know. That, those didn't read to me in the audience. They just struck me as like, it's not the greatest uh, structure. It's not the greatest order of scenes. And I, and the first act was really bad. Um, the second act got better, and then the third act was fucking wild. Uh, but I thought throughout the whole thing, I thought Joaquin Phoenix delivered a stellar performance. He was good. He was good. He's always good. He's he's Joaquin. Yeah, he's always good. He's never not good. But yeah, so I walked out of it as a whole experience thinking, that ah, was a good movie. It's not a, not a masterpiece. It's not going to sweep the Oscars. I don't know why it got a standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival or the Venice Film the Festival. Venice, yeah. 
I don't know why I got a standing ovation. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> like I hear that and I'm just like, what? Yeah. Why? <laughs> but I also don't think it was as bad as you say it is. Well, it's not I'm as also good as you say it's not as bad as you say. I'm also trying to generate content for the fucking podcast. Anyway, moving along. <laughs> you um, did. We just had a great 15 minute back and forth. What's coming up that you're looking forward to? We got a few things written down here. Oh yeah, we got a few coming attractions. Um, so El Camino, number one. That's the Breaking Bad out. sequel movie. Yep, we're gonna see can't, what happens with Jesse. Can't wait, dude! I'm super pumped for it. I think it's three um, days away. You went on a little, not a rant, I wouldn't say, but you went on a little bit of a diatribe saying how the entire trailer was a spoiler. And I didn't quite see what you meant by that. Uh, well, it turns out I was wrong about that spoiler. Oh, OK. OK, I didn't. At the very end of the trailer, whenever you hear someone that sounds exactly like Walter White go, you ready? Yeah. That's what I thought was the spoiler. Oh, OK. But, but, apparently, but Vince Gilligan has come out and said, no, nope, don't worry about it. This one's about Jesse. Yeah. He doesn't want people to be distracted by that. Yeah. I like that. Which. Um, okay, cool. Then that settles that. Yeah. <laughs> because I was watching it and I was like, what's he talking about? <laughs> I think it's going to be fucking amazing. And I can't I wait. love it. I'm, I love Breaking Bad. I just. I can't wait to yeah. see these characters again. I mean, I've, I've tried to get into Better Call Saul. It's not really my cup of tea. It's a little bit too procedural. But it's uh, but I've seen a little bit of it. And it's pretty good. But I, I, I've i loved the character of Jesse Pinkman for so long. And he's just, one of my favorite in my like, television history. And Jesse he, yes, probably I mean, in my top five. Him I mean, and like this Maisel. And, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, him and Walter White were just like the tone of the years, like 2000, 2010 to like 2015. Yeah, like, that was like that was like they were just where everyone was at, like. I, there hasn't been a television show in my generation since then where people were just like hanging on every week. I feel like the generation before us had the Sopranos and before yeah. that, I don't even know. But like that, like that show was like our Sopranos. It was our. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It, it was. It's like uh, it's like mythological. And so to get an opportunity to explore uh, what happens next is just, I can't wait. I cannot yeah. wait. I think it's going to be amazing. I think Aaron Paul is w one of the best actors of all time, in my opinion. Um, uh, I love just, that man. I love him. And if you, if you love Aaron Paul, you should do yourself a favor and go check out on YouTube when he was on, uh, will, uh, price is right. Yes, I've seen that. It's he's amazing. very young and he's yes. like jacked <laughs> out of his around. mind. Did <laughs> a couple, did a couple of bumps of that blue meth before he went out there. <laughs> well, yeah, man, I'm super with you on that one. And right before we started recording, Matt had me watch a trailer for a movie called The Lighthouse, which looks which, fucking rad. Dude, it looks so good. I, have, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe what it is, but it's Robert Pattinson it's, and. Uh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, Willem, Willem Dafoe, Dafoe and Lighthouse together. Like, Getting mad at a bird. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's supernatural. I don't know if it's them turning out. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but it's black right. and white and it's super stylized and right. I'm super, I'm in hook, it's line like, and sinker. It's Sign like me shot up. on, it's like shot on that old fucking film. So you saw how it was a square on your screen, right? That's how they're going to project it in the movie theater. It's going to be a little square. Yeah. So you're like constricted. So it creates that kind of constricted claustrophobic feeling of just being stuck in a fucking lighthouse with a lunatic. Like, <laughs> I can't wait. I'm in, dude. This shit's going to be good. Did I ever just tell you about the time I bumped into Willem Dafoe? No. I uh, was going to go see Ant-Man on my birthday at the Regal Cinema on 14th Street. And uh, this dude rushed, ahead, rushed in front of me to open the door, opens the door, and it's Willem fucking Defoe. 
<laughs> and my jaw like dropped. And then he just was like, yeah, hi. <laughs> it's like, we're both just going to the movies by ourselves. Do you want to go see Ant-Man, dude? <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> You're welcome. The pleasure's all yours. <laughs> I can't do his voice, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's going to be great. And then another movie that's coming out that's uh, drummed up a little bit of controversy on the Twitter sphere. <laughs> it's called. Amazing. It looks so good. It's called Jojo Rabbit. Um, <laughs> now this film follows a young boy who is a Nazi youth, <laughs> and he really, really wants to grow up to be a Nazi, and he has an invisible friend. And this invisible friend is a very goofy version of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and um, Sam Rockwell is in it and Rebel Wilson is in it. And the guy who plays Hitler is actually the writer and director. Yeah. Taika Watiti. Taika Watiti, who's also Jewish, by the way, just so we're all clear on that. He's um, Jewish. He's Jewish. Yeah, he's Jewish. Yeah, I thought um, he was New Zealander. I thought he was Kiwi. Yeah, he's Jewish New Zealander. They've made it all the way over there. I my guess would be so, since he's a Jew from New Zealand. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, turns out this kid who's a who's a Nazi youth is uh, his mom is sheltering a uh, Jewish girl in the attic, um, and that's the journey. And it's also like a slapstick comedy that makes all the Nazis look like complete bumblefucks. Like it looks amazing. It looks yes. so fucking funny. Scarjo's in it. Yeah, Scarjo plays the kid's mom. Yes. Um everything I just said is in the trailer, so there were no spoilers that yeah, I just yeah, yeah. said. Um but of course the Twitter sphere had to get a hold of it and the Twitter sphere had to turn it into this is irresponsible to portray Nazis in a movie in 2019 and you're not doing the world a service and it's anti-Semitic and um, you're going to encourage Nazis uh, just uh, a lot of misplaced aggression Yeah. Uh, yeah. for a comedy written and directed and starring a Jewish person about a Nazi who about a little boy turning on the Nazis to help a Jewish girl. (laughs) I just think, I think people should do their research before they light into people for things. Yeah. And you know, I'm not one to say that a movie is irresponsible famously, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but I, you're right. I think this is way overblown. Yeah. I think people (laughs) need to relax. It's a, it's a comedy that makes Hitler look like a buffoon. Yeah, and it's been plus it's from the guy that did Thor three, so it's gonna be funny. It's gonna be hilarious. Thor yeah. Ragnarok is hilarious. And he, I mean, he was also the uh, comic book. <laughs> he he was the uh, the brains behind uh, Flight of the Concords, the television show. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They Ooh. were the band, but he was the director. That's fun. Yeah, that's fun. Okay, I, I mean, I'm in on this movie. I'm gonna go see it in theaters. I think the uh, I think the vitriol around it is, like I like I said, unfounded and misplaced. Yeah. Whew, it's getting late, buddy. Should we do our don't at me, bro? We should go ahead and rock out this don't at me, and then give our social meds. Alrighty. Don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. motherfuckers who chew with their mouths open listen to me you fucking weirdos where did you grow up that that's okay what is your fucking problem it is your mother die in childbirth good lord why is who nobody told you? just immediately oh my god who look i don't think that it was okay to kids. do this who didn't slap the shit out of you when you were a child who didn't god. slap the bread out of your mouth when you were sitting there going who, Unacceptable. Who, what, <laughs> like, what parental figure in your life do I need to go actively beat up? 
<laughs> I don't care how old they are. I'll put a fucking pillow over their mouth if they're if they're on that way on that route. Those fucking failure of parenthood. That George is getting upset. I can't believe it. It makes me so mad. And what even makes me even more angry is that supposedly it's a phobia that it bothers me. That's not a phobia. Oh, yeah. Apparently, I'm mentally ill because yeah. I don't like to hear the food slosh around in your stupid fat fucking mouth. Go fuck yourself. Your parents have failed. When I have kids, if I if my kids chew with their mouth open, guess what they're doing? They're done eating and we're going home. <laughs> and they're never eating again. Ever. Well, uh, ever. Uh, but uh, I don't think Seriously, people should hit kids unless they do that. Yes. Dude, if I had done that as a child, in fact, I did chew with my mouth yeah. open as a child. And you know what I got? Fucking <laughs> reprimanded. Reprimanded Dude. by the chief of police. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Reprimanded by the vice president of Bank One. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, the guys. The priorities in our house were don't chew with your mouth open and do not say you're fixing to do anything. Nah, fixing to uh, people who try to have a conversation with you while they're eating. Also, God, it's just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you like this? Why are what, you like, pausing in the middle of a sentence to shove more sandwich in your mouth and then continue the conversation? Because I'm not hearing anything you're saying. I don't understand a word you're saying. All I hear is. Jowls flapping in the wind. It's disgusting. You're don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. And that's going to be it for this week. Episode 31 of the Matt on Matt podcast. It's our age. Hey. What's your social media? You can follow me at MattBeery06 on everything. That's a B-I-E-R-Y. <laughs> Jimmy Beers. You can Jimmy follow Beers. me. You can follow me at Matters on Instagram and at Quarterfield on Twitter. Email the podcast at MattOnMattPod at gmail.com. And uh, what else we got? Like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us like on Twitter. Us on Facebook, at Matt on follow Matt. us on Twitter. Uh, subscribe on, on iTunes. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Share us out, man. Share us with your friends. Cause, uh, tell everyone. Uh, we we think what we're doing is good. And if you don't like yeah. it, well, then, you know, email don't us tell at mattonmatpod at gmail.com. I would love to read hate mail on this fucking show. <laughs> right? I would uh, love it. Because, you know, based on what we say on this podcast, we are definitely alt right Nazis. Uh, even though we're like avowed liberals. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, man. Uh, that's the podcast for this week. Um, I'm Matt. And I'm Matt. Adios, fuckers. <laughs>